Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, January 27th, 2014, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes of It's Actually Not Evening, It's Morning with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I am Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is coming to you from an even more undisclosed location than usual. Even more undisclosed than usual. Mr. Skullhead, I don't know what to do with myself. Instead of a beer in my hand, I have a cup of coffee. I have a diet root beer because uh, it's too cold to go outside and provisions are running low. Uh, for you, it's time for gross lunch. Yeah, what? Gross lunch? Yeah, any lunch with a diet root beer at- attached to it is a gross lunch. Gross point lunch? No, I, this has nothing to do with my lunch. It's just a beverage that I've chosen to drink. Have you already eaten morning. lunch? Are you an already ate lunch by 11.30 kind of guy, or are you a gonna eat lunch at 1 kind of guy? It varies widely. It's weird. My dad always eats by the clock. Where it doesn't matter if he ate breakfast at 10 because we're having, like, a family vacation or whatever. So if anybody ever wanted to murder your dad, they could put the clock by a cliff. (laughs) And when he went to eat by it, he would fall right off. It would have to be really... uh, Well, you just place the clock on top of a uh, woven mat on top of a pit, too. You don't need a cliff. You could just dig a pit and put some punji sticks down there. Well, right, but a cliff, you could just find one of those. A pit, you gotta dig. That's true. You could find a pit. Okay, sure. I guess you could find maybe, maybe you could find somebody else who had done this before to some yeah. others to some other your dad. Yeah, don't don't be trying to find that guy in a bar though. Or on Craigslist. But yeah, he will always eat at noon no matter what, but if I get hungry at 11:15, I'll eat then and if I get hungry, I don't get hungry until like 2, then I'll eat at like 2. I don't have a sense it's, of. It's uh, hard to mess up your dinner though schedule if you if you're later than two for lunch. I feel like. Hmm. Wait. So so are you are you dinner by the clock then? Well, I I have to have dinner with my son. You do, you don't have to. Well, I, it's it is more convenient if we're all ready to have dinner at like six thirty. More convenient for who? You, probably. Every, Everybody, Everybody. Every do, do you, single do you, person. Do you sit him down and ask him how his, how his day went? Has he started kindergarten yet? He's got this, like, three-hour-a-day gig that he goes to. And then they do stuff. Where you went to kindergarten, was it an all-day thing, or did you just go for half a day? I barely remember. It was a private Christian school, and I did kindergarten and first grade in the same year. Okay, so you went to class during the day, and then at night you had weird spanking rituals in the basement, right? Where you rubbed Actually, blood into a pentagram. One of the very few things that I remember about that school was they had a giant red paddle that they would spank the kids with, and they would just like line up all the kids who had done something bad that day out in the courtyard and spank everybody. I'm sure that it had absolutely no effect on my developing brain. You're probably not. That doesn't that doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would have uh, would have keyed you into any specific sorts of things. Nah. I don't remember if there was there must have been corporal punishment when I was in kindergarten. There was definitely corporal punishment when I was in uh, you know when I was in military school. Corporal punishment was the uh, the most feared drill instructor of all. I don't think they make a corporal. I think you're a sergeant. Yeah, because you're a drill sergeant. I imagine those guys are probably sergeants, if I had to guess what rank they were. I, I the remember, I, remember, I only ever saw, like, one kid get taken out for a spanking. And that kid was a real fucker. Mm. I don't even remember what he did, though. He's probably just spanked him for being poor. That's how it normally goes. And now he's dead, so that's a cool story. 
So that is some really strong evidence against corporal punishment in schools. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what he actually died of. The, the urban myth surrounding his death is that he died of AIDS. I assume that is just because the xenophobic people that I grew up around, like, maybe he moved out of town. So, oh, anybody who leaves town and they died probably died of AIDS. That they got in the big city? Mm-hmm. From being seduced by all the men who wait to seduce the guys from the country. Yeah, and that's I. You know, I feel like maybe my my uncles and my cousins they're they're secretly hoping that's what the rest of the world is like. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Or or you get shot. I guess that's another thing that they believe will happen to you as soon as you go to a city. You could probably get shot with a bullet that was coated in AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a minority bullet. Yeah, somebody's going to shoot you, and it, the bullet is first going to go through the gay guy you were using as a human shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, sure, I mean, that's what you were doing, <laughs> standing <laughs> behind that guy so close. Uh, anyway, school, paddle, that was, where? Did, how did we get here? Dinner time. Dinner time. Yeah, I feel like you'd... You should get the family around the dinner table. I was asking if your kid had started kindergarten yet. (laughs) Yeah, and they're like, well, sure, but they're not spanking him, if that's what you think. Um, I feel like we arrived there by legitimate means. Half a day of class, half a day of spanking. Yeah, he does like a three-hour thing called High Five that's kind of a pre... Like post-preschool, pre-kindergarten, and then... This is is getting complicated. in In the fall, he'll... Yeah... I mean, he's, like, he could do all the shit that you have to do in kindergarten, but he's still very obviously not ready to spend all day in a classroom. Hmm. So, this is a, kind of an easing into it. Get him some, uh, get him some lithium. That'll calm him right down. Hmm. It's just that he's still a, he's younger than his brain is. Yeah. So, parts of his brain. I mean, like... Occasionally, he will be a total dick and, you know, like, throw a fit. And I'll be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? And like, oh, you're four. I forget, because he talks like he's eight. Right, because can he explain it? Yeah, I mean, he, like, he's very intellectually developed, but emotionally, um, he's still a kid. He's five now, though. Well, what does he say? No, I know. He's four. What, do you, uh, what, do you, what does he say when you say, why are you freaking out? Well, it is just like, I can't get my shoes on. And if you suggest that he's also tired, and that's why he's freaking out, it's kind of the same thing as reminding your girlfriend that she's probably being over-emotional because she's on her period. Uh-huh. So it works out super, super well. Yeah. It was what you're saying, and it, it calms everyone down and just makes the situation as hunky-dory as it would be. If you yeah, hadn't said it, anything at all, yeah, that's if good. If that doesn't calm them down, then you just tell them to calm down. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's always magically calming. Hmm. That, you know, that actually does work for me. On other people? Or if, if somebody else tells you to calm down, you calm down? It depends. <laughs> it depends on if they're a total asshole or not. I have never told anybody to calm down and had them calm down. Mm, I definitely have. Maybe I just hang out with too many assholes. Maybe so. I don't know. I mean, what you got to condition them, right? You say calm down, and if they don't calm down, you punch them. Right. <laughs> you do that enough times, they'll start to calm down right away. I've noticed that your girlfriend is really calm. Yeah, yeah, she really is. She's such a good listener. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, do you ever have one of those... Maybe you don't anymore because you've got so much shit to do, but do you ever have one of those weekends where you don't really do anything? And you think, oh, I should like this, but then you just don't because what? It's awful. You should be doing stuff. Hmm. That's what kind of weekend I had. I finished a couple books. That was cool. It's productive. Yeah. I finished a I finished a, a weird novel about, I guess, I thought... Based on the description of it, is the the name of the book is You Y O U by uh, Austin Grossman, and it's about a guy who works at a video game studio. And I thought that it was like a murder mystery, but it turned out to not be a murder mystery so much as just like a kind of a video game mystery. Huh. Um, but it was interesting. It was good. I finished that, and then I finished uh, David Lee Roth's autobiography, and it continued to be great. And I was like, why did I ever put this down? Because I didn't want some wisdom. That's why. That may have been it. But now I got all that wisdom. All this wisdom has been dropped on me. From the 80s. Now you're, now you're ready to apply it. Yeah. Uh, you okay, you want to start a band? Oh, yeah. I'll be the crazy dancing uh, public stunt guy. That's, that sounds like you. It does sound like me. You know, you can be the reserved behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I picture you jumping mm-hmm. and then figuring that you might as well and then going ahead and doing it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe heading down to Panama. Yeah, perhaps. Because you are just a gigolo. I am. I am. I've heard that being down there is just like living in paradise. Oh, it might be. It's because all the teachers down there are really hot. Mm-hmm. They teach in skyscrapers, I've heard. I'm, I'm guessing that having just read this book, I can name more David Lee Roth songs than you can. So. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely true. You're, I'm already running dry. Yeah, you might, have, uh, you, might have, you might have bitten off a chunk your ass can't chew. Also, I've taken to eating things backwards. Yep. Hmm. Chex Mix. <laughs> You've bitten off more Chex Mix than your ass can chew. Ah. Did I miss something? Well, I was trying to mix metaphors about right at your mouth writing a check your ass can't cash and biting right. off more than you can chew. So, I don't know. Did you miss something? Apparently. If you don't recognize that genius bit for the genius bit that it is, then yes, you must have missed something. Sure. How was your weekend? It's like, you know, stuff. This was a pretty uh, low-key weekend. So, like, you you pranked the other gods? Yeah, I convinced the the god of thunder that he was pregnant because he was constipated. Is that a real story? There's there's a story that Loki tells in the Sandman series that I'm like half of the stuff that he says is direct mythology and half is just stuff Neil Gaiman made up, so I'm not sure. Okay. They like feeding a bunch of laxatives to Thor and shoving a cork up his ass and telling him he's pregnant and has to wait for the baby to be delivered. And that while he's lying on his back, one of the squirrels from the world tree comes in and pulls the cork out and gets just covered in an avalanche of shit. And that's where skunks come from? Yeah, well then Thor picks him up and says, you're dirty, you're hairy, and you smell like shit, but you're my son and I love you. Okay. Which, there may be a version of that in Norse mythology, but probably not. Do they have corks then? What did you put in the, what did you put in the cap of your mead bottle? Nothing. What? <laughs> you open it, you're gonna drink the whole thing. Pussy. <laughs> But what was in there before you opened it? Nothing. 
mead. <laughs> mm. They didn't. They didn't have a lot. They didn't have a real delivery pipeline. You know, they didn't need to transport it because they didn't have trucks. <laughs> they, they just still had dumps like a truck. Though. They just made. They made mead wherever they went, and in order to do that, they all had to have a colony of bees living in their beard. <laughs> Those guys were tough, and they really liked to drink. It's amazing what you can do when there are no limits. You can fill your beard with bees. Yep. Uh, yeah, so the weekend was pretty uh, pretty uneventful for us, too. I went to Ikea, bought some things at Ikea, ate some meatballs. Oh, yeah? So that was good. I bought a, a duvet cover. I always think of Fight Club and that I am living the Fight Club what, when I buy uh, such a thing. What is a duvet... And what is a duvet cover? I, this is this has to be a conversation that we've had before. You've been old for a long time, right. and this can't have been the first duvet cover that you bought and told me about. It is. Well, it's the second one, but the first one I bought like a month ago. Okay. Because I had a quilt on the bed for a long time. Well, like a down comforter, right? A comforter that is down to fuck on, to be fucked on. Okay. And... Uh, but we have this dog now who will put a treat like on the blanket and eat the treat. And if some of the blanket gets in there, you know, he'll, he'll eat the blanket too. He's not picky. So we bought a new blanket because our old one had giant holes in it from the dog eating it and figured that we should buy a thing to cover it up with. And so the blanket itself is the duvet. It's just like a comforter. And it's just plain white comforter. And you put the duvet cover over it, which is like a big, like a pillowcase that's big enough to fit an entire king-sized comforter in. Okay. So then you can strip that off and wash it, and it's just like washing a shed of, a, a shed of seats. Okay. Or a set of sheets, even. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have like, a couple of them, so you, you never have to wash the inside of the thing. D- is there, and if the dog happens to eat it, he doesn't wreck your blanket. Are there, like, Velcro bits or something? Or do, do you not, like, constantly get the thing all bunched up inside the cover? One of them has a row of snaps along the bottom, and one of them has a row of uh, buttons. What, that doesn't seem like it would work at all. <laughs> For what? You can't connect a snap to a button. I have two different covers. One of them has a row of snaps, and one of them has a row of buttons. Okay. Well, what does the comforter have on it, and does it work with either of them? Well, the comforter just is just goes inside of it like it goes inside a bag. Right. And this is what I'm saying. Why doesn't it? What stops it from getting all bunched up? And then you're like, I have half of I have half a sheet and half of a double thickness blanket. I think it's just wide enough and flat enough, and fits snugly enough in there that it just doesn't and you don't move it around as much as you move like a pillow so boy boy i do i'm constantly hurling things off and then back on me in the night Mm. i tend to start every evening by poking my feet out of the blankets and usually at least one arm and most of my body and then slowly covering up as i fall asleep Mm. excuse me gross I, i can't I can't fall asleep covered in anything either. It depends on the temperature. It depends on the temperature. It does? So much depends on that. It's like that wheelbarrow. We, uh, 
Hmm. You know, when when I basically can't work, and when I actually, when my brain needs a weekend to sort of recharge for doing work, when I'm in Arizona, there are a million things that I can do that take up an entire weekend without leaving my house, right? Like, I can spend an entire day, like, sort of organizing the garage. And here I can't do that. Here I cleaned everything. I cleaned everything that we have here, every piece of space. And it took, like, 15 minutes. And it probably took, like, two hours, but still. Then I was like, now what am I going to do? I guess I'll have to clean up the streets. So I went out, I joined the police academy, mm-hmm. made sergeant, and then I Were started the yelling guy- at people. <laughs> Did you do a lot of funny sound effects, or was that another guy? No, I mostly just put, like, a latex glove on my head and inflated it. This might have been hospital school. Right, I was going to say, your, your Howie Mandel and your Steve Gutenberg streams are getting crossed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That would be, like, the most delicious Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. <laughs> you got Mandel in my Gutenberg. Mm. You got Gutenberg in my Mandel. I don't think that Howie Mandel will get close enough to anybody to get get crossed with them in any way it's apparently he's some crazy germaphobe yeah apparently i I mean i know this and is do you think it's true or do you think it's just like the thing about him you know i mean like oh apparently richard Gere likes to gerbil which is not true i think it's yeah i think it's more i think it's less apocryphal apparently rod stewart is canadian and no one believes that what i don't know all I know is I want his body, and I think he's sexy. When I, I was, was thinking of letting him know. I was going to propose, in something that we've been working on recently for KOL, I was going to propose a monster called a Rot Steward, who was like a guy whose job is to oversee the decomposition of a log. But then I <laughs> thought that that wasn't all that funny. I mean, it's funny to say, but, I, you know... I don't know. I don't know that it really merits a place. Like in the permanent, every playthrough you will encounter. Yeah, yeah. Kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. We're. Um, I, don't I don't know when. The, I don't know when this thing is gonna be out. I. It's. It's conceivable that this will get finished and roll out before. Uh, before the next challenge path, because my plan is to keep working on this until it's done. And then get it into testing, and then start start burning the burning the sneaky oil on the peat path. Uh, we've done a ton of brainstorming on the peat stuff, and then there's just a matter of like assigning some writing stuff. Managed to make an item of the month that neither you nor I has to do any work on. Yeah, that's pretty righteous. That is pretty good. Um, so yeah, you guys, you guys will see, you guys will see, and be super excited about it. I hope you'll see. You all see. Either that, or no one will like it, and no one will buy it. Hmm. Uh, I would recommend that you guys like it and buy it. Yeah, like it twice and then buy three of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't... You don't have to like it, but you should probably buy it. You don't have to like it, but you can't stay here. Hmm. You don't have to like it, but you can't make her drink. You don't have to like it. Coors Light. Hmm. You weren't. I think that would actually be a good slogan for Coors Light. Were you at the? Yeah, I mean, it would be an accurate one. Were you at the Comic Con where that little bit of uh, a little turn of phrase was was flying around? There was a billboard that just said, "If you can't stand the heat, Coors Light." Yeah, I came in at the tail end of that. Yeah, so we had a we've we've now gained a lifelong love of finishing aphorisms halfway through with Coors Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're working not, on this thing that is... Not drinking one, but just saying. Certainly not that. Jesus Christ. 
Um, man, I think I did. I think I drank a Coors Light the other day. Hmm. I don't know. I don't really remember. It was tall and silver. Oh, it wasn't a Coors Light. It was one of those things that the men in black used to erase your memory. That explains why I don't remember it. Uh, you drank you drank one of those? Wow. Well, I think I did. I, it's Like I said, all I remember is seeing it right after my memory was erased. <laughs> um, yeah, we're working on this thing that is a sort of a parallel. I got tired of waiting for inspiration to strike on how to sort of fix the pirates into the kind of modern quest design idiom that I've become so fond of and uh, decided instead to just add a parallel path alongside it that is the one that the game will signpost and leave the pirates there as an optional thing. And I'm kind of shooting for it to be balanced turn count-wise against the pirates, but I'm not burning a whole lot of calories making that happen. I've got some levers uh, to tweak, but it's a bunch of new content. It's a bunch of new... uh, bunch of new monsters, a bunch of more uh, more modern mechanical things, and I'm thinking about just leaving the pirates in as a kind of an optional thing. That yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I like for I'd like for there to be a lot more stuff going on on the island, none of which is particularly important until the war starts. I think that is that is kind of how I would like the overall thing to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of making the hippies into a little town where they got some things to send you on. And then it makes sense for that town to convert into a place that has multiple functions during the war. You know, like yeah. there's a like there's a grocery, like there's a Whole Foods there, and then that turns into a Trader Joe's during the war. And the frat house has multiple rooms. It should uh, there should be a restaurant that is run by a frat boy who has left the frat house and embraced the hippie lifestyle, and it could just be Trader Joe's. Okay. Uh, what? Where do frat boys shop? Man, I don't even know anymore. We're a long time out of college, buddy. Yeah. Hol- Hol- Hollister. Abercrombie and something. We have their Ed Ed uh, Hardy. Is Ed Hardy still a thing? I think Ed Hardy was at it's least recently like enough e- a thing. That- UFC guys. That's is it? I don't know. If frat guys wear that. This is so it. The UFC guys wear tap out shirts. That's it. It's over. We got to, um, we got to hire a young guy. We're gonna go back, back, back to school. No, I thought we would just throw like a Rodney Dangerfield, and one of us goes back to college to, to get up on what the kids are doing these days. All right, I had an idea for a, I had an idea for a skit, and I want you to tell me whether you think that this is funny or not. I think it might be one of those things that is either high concept funny or just not funny at all, and I can't tell the difference between them. It is basically just someone playing the part of Rodney Dangerfield, but his act is not jokes. It is just things that establish as the current time the period in which Rodney Dangerfield was relevant. So it's just him telling a story about like watching the new episode of Cheers and something that happened in the news around the time when Rodney Dangerfield was popular. Hey, so the Challenger just exploded. I get no respect, I tell you. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's, uh, I think that's like a Kids in the Hall B-side, maybe. Okay. One that would, uh, maybe the state. One that would continue until it kind of collapsed under its own weight, but it would be funny by then. You know, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be like the, the part of Wet Hot American Summer 
where Michael Showalter is is being the weird old Jewish comedian. Uh, I don't want that. Right. So sure. what what I need to do is not have there be any actual jokes in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah. A lot that. of people when they're making a comedy sketch make that mistake. Yeah, of putting jokes in cuz you don't want you don't want that, right? You're trying to you're trying to thought provoke here. Yeah. You don't want them to laugh at you. You know the uh the state guys are just steadily making funny movies and nobody's really paying any attention anymore. I have only seen Wet Hot American Summer which uh, is probably my favorite comedy and then The 10 which was was not funny at all. It was well, there were there were some parts of it that were just just immaculate but most of it was not you know i don't think i even finished it Hmm. so i may have i may have missed the the funny parts if you didn't see the cat scan machine like neighbor arms race uh sketch then that's that then you really missed out okay yeah maybe i should hit it again i mean the they're doing a lot more mainstream stuff than Wet Hot American Summer was, I guess, but it's still pretty fucking can you, funny. Can you name any of them for me? Yeah, we we just watched We're the Millers, which had several members of the state in it, and um, Wanderlust was even funnier, and has... David Wayne directed that, the guy who did Wet Hot American Summer, and it has Key and Peele in it, too. Okay. And it is ridiculously funny. So I would recommend Wanderlust is great. We're the Millers was actually pretty good too. It seems like there's just this melding of all the people who are funny and in their like mid to late thirties now. Whereas like Jason Sudeikis and those guys from Saturday Night Live, and then the guys who used to be on the state and Key and Peele. And there's sort of that kind of crowd. There's like the the, the yeah. Reno nine one one crowd too. There seems to be a bunch of overlap there. I don't know. Yeah. Were some of those guys on the state originally? Uh, uh, Reno nine one one guys. Because some of them were in uh, I don't some know. of them were in Wet Hot American Summer, but uh, they've at least been buddies for that long. Mm. Well, good, good news. So check them out. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I did not elect to go to any, the the San Francisco Sketch Fest is starting pretty soon, and the only thing that uh, the only thing that I got tickets for was a Bob Goldthwait and. Uh, julie brown live reading of shakes the clown wow which i am super fucking excited about like that is a thing that is happening down the street from my house and that makes me it seems like like google analytics or something dug deep into your head and just beamed that straight to bob goldthwait yeah they did they did i i am curious what the crowd of this is going to be like because i don't you know there was that there was that group of guys that I they were a few years younger than us that I ran with briefly like right after say freshman year of college who were real into that movie just the sort of like hard drinking chain smoking guys who maybe didn't necessarily go on to amount to much or do anything other than just like a kind of a job job you know uh-huh. but I don't know like the kind of guy who would maybe be at like a rockabilly bar now like that maybe maybe not i don't know it's hard you to don't know how trends it's hard to characterize you don't things. know you don't know how trends trend but uh but yeah it was it was a real particular m- like m- modality of being in a subculture but not really in a subculture 
at that mm. particular time. You know, it was just it was just like your 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 Mitch set. You know, yeah. Where it's like that lifestyle. If the person was also like a really good musician, would have resulted in them turning into a rock star. But like, if if they weren't, it's like all right. Well, now you just you work at the grocery store, but you also have a lot of tattoos. So that like eccentric, interesting person without the direction to back it up. Well, without without uh, I guess without like an outlet that results in that being the sort of thing that defines you later in life. You know? I mean, some people just struggle with it. Like, some people are just like, no, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna keep my band together. Play shows at bars every once in a while. Kind of go from job to job, but still primarily identify as, like, creative. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's gonna be in the audience of this thing, is what I'm saying. I don't know who is the fan of Shakes the Clown. Apart from me. Everybody that I've ever showed it to has been, yeah, not so impressed. Hmm. I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of his movies, which I should, because I like him as a guy. I haven't seen any of the other ones. I haven't seen any of the sort of modern stuff, The World's Greatest Dad, or uh, what's the one where it's like sort of people get angry at George Bush and start murdering everyone? That I don't know. Isn't it that he Is made it the, he made a movie that was about like a father daughter hillbilly killing team? I don't know. Oh no, it's a guy and an unrelated girl who is at the high school where he makes his first rage kill. Mm. So they team up. Uh, God bless America. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say. I thought I, all I could think of was Red State, but that's different. Oh God, yeah, that was Kevin Smith's horrible, horrible attempt at a at a horror movie. Oh, was that actually? Did you watch it? Yeah, it was fucking awful. Hmm. Normally, when he misses, it's not. Well, actually, I don't know. I haven't seen Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl was actually all right. It was just, it was ordinary. So, like, it was a movie that somebody else probably could have made. It was a good example of a really established formula, but it was just that thing. It was like having, you know, like, a concert pianist sit down and play Heart and Soul. Okay. He would probably do it really, really well, but you'd be like, man, and I feel like you can do better. Well, I mean... But no, Red, Red State was the, the one movie in Kevin Smith's oeuvre that I don't think I would watch again. I mean, do you think it was because he tried to do something interesting and failed, or do you think that it was just a bad premise, or what? Like, you know, saying saying that movie was bad, that's like, that's like you know... yeah. Well, like, any clown, okay, any so clown can say that. You're a thinking man. You got to back it up. He wanted to make a horror movie, but horror isn't really in his wheelhouse. You need to like move your cameras around and be able to edit action in a way that I don't think he can. Okay, so I have seen in the last three days two jokes. The one that you just made, and eh, it wasn't really a joke, but a description of Kevin Smith as somebody who never moves the camera. Is that just a thing? I think he would also say that he's not very good at framing shots. He's just like he would say that he is not very good at camera. Is his strength is more in writing these scripts, you know? Okay. Creating the characters. 
Uh, there weren't very memorable characters in this. The pacing wasn't uh, wasn't snappy, and it centers around a character who's supposed to be a big villain, the kind of Fred Phelps, like God hates fags kind of guy. Okay, but he doesn't. I don't think he gets close enough to how those guys really talk to make it make that guy believable. So he just kind of comes across as a caricature. And it ends with a a really stupid cop-out from a, uh, what could have been a really interesting idea. And so that's a shame. But, uh, like, the the whole movie is kind of boring, and then the ending is, is really pisses me off. So I don't want to get too far into it in case somebody ever watches it, but you, you probably shouldn't. Okay. Is there is there a big twist that's awful? Yeah, I mean, well, so the the guy is kind of holed up in a compound where he's been pulling in random people and sacrificing them to the angry god that he worships, and like the ATF raids the compound, and there's a moment where this huge like sound of a, a trumpet, but loud enough that it kind of drops everybody to their knees sounds. And it seems like for a second that the rapture is actually happening and that's Gabriel's trumpet and this asshole was kind of right the whole time. Which I think is really interesting because he's still an asshole and he was still killing people but oh holy shit, God and everything's real. Everybody stops, drops their weapons and but then it cuts to him in a jail cell and they the guys outside were like yeah, there were some kids outside with an iPod playing pranks and playing their you know, really loud trumpet MP3 through the iPod and some speakers to mess with his head. So we got him. Like, yeah, that is really, really unsatisfying. It kind of plays like there was another ending that he shot and then went, ah, this, I can't figure out how to make this work. Uh, here. Maybe in the other ending they were just playing an Alanis Morissette MP3. <laughs> that would have been better. Tie it back in. Yeah, it would have made it it would have made it take place in the Dogmaverse. <laughs> I don't know if Dogmaverse I don't know if I can even say that. Don't don't dog- don't Dogmaverse. I worked really hard on that poem. Dogmaverse. Please don't Dogmaverse. Bro. Well, should we answer some questions? Yeah, I see some questions. So let's answer them. Okie doke. Uh, let's see. People, uh, you know, and I should I should have known. This is a way that we can actually get a tremendous number of questions sent in a very small amount of time is to make a joke about how questions should be about some particular thing because then people will take that joke seriously and ask a bunch of questions about that particular thing. F says, how do you both take your coffee? By force. Hmm. I don't. I leave it. You know, you don't drink coffee? No, not at all. Hmm. It's gross. Uh, it's not gross. It's great. It is a uh, it is a zero calorie beverage that has a profound and helpful physiological benefit. If you drink it such that it is zero calories, it really tastes like shit. No, it doesn't. It tastes delicious. It tastes like the concentrated essence of everything that the Earth does because it loves us. I see. Black. It's- you drink it black. That's what you do. I don't drink it at all. Republican, I do. Republican style. Hmm. You got to develop. Wait, a, you got to develop a taste for some grown-up stuff, Mister Skullhead. I drink plenty of beer. 
Yeah, but it's I all eat dark chocolate. But it's like it's like fruit beer and c- cream puff beer. Yep. I drink the same kind of beers you do. Mm-hmm. I like an IPA. Uh, you say you do, but really, you're I like just, a gin and you tonic. just have a glass that says IPA and it's filled with chocolate milk. <laughs> and it's filled with Leinenkugel's chocolate milk flavored stout. Linux writes, I like a chocolate milk stout. I'm admittedly interested in your stance on steak as a breakfast food. You did say breakfast questions were up for grabs. I don't know that I've ever had like a steak and eggs. Have you ever had a steak and eggs? I haven't. I've had the like bohemian breakfast at Orange Table back in the day, which was a hamburger patty and some eggs, but that's the closest I've come. I could see that being good because it's, I mean, it's really not that much different than a, than a sausage patty. And like a corned beef hash, I will eat anytime I can get my hands on it. I don't one. know that I've ever had one of those. Could you, could you describe that for me, Mr. Skullhead? Uh, maybe. Some onions, peppers, potatoes, like diced potatoes, and little shavings of corned beef or chunks of it, depending on who's making it, all uh, fried up together. Does a, does a hash I like it. and a succotash... Do a, do a hash and a succotash have anything in common other than the last three letters? I think it's probably the same thing in various parts of the country. I think if succotash is a mixture of, like, carrots, peas, and corn. Okay. But that's... And a thing that Sylvester the Cat is frequently suffering. Okay. Cash, hash, or succotash. No one rides for free. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Gary. Hey, are you reading these questions off of the questions list? Because I'm having trouble finding them. Yes, I am. Okay. I will look harder. Uh, let's see. Lamguin. No? Yeah, Lang- Languin? Lamguin. How well do you feel the bounties are going? Is it just random chance that the suspicious guy's jar has shown up as much as it has? Yeah, if anything has shown up more than usual, it is just random chance because that's how that works. I thought about... Oh, you know, I need to remove that code from the daily script that actually rotates out the old bounties because that's just wasting a bunch of time. I didn't end up duplicating the code that prevents the bounties from being the same from day to day. I figured that that would come out in the wash by there being just three times as many bounties as there used to be. It will probably still happen every once in a while. And, you know... Given the way that shit like that normally works out, like the stupid specials in the microbrewery and stuff, it will probably happen all the time just to make me look like an idiot. But um, it doesn't have anything the way that the old one did to stop things from repeating because I wanted it to not require like a world state to be stored and handled in the in the daily script. I don't know why that was a goal exactly. I just tend to think of that as a thing that I should avoid if I can. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It's, it's going to be a lot easier to add new ones. We need to add some to the, uh, to the new content familiar. They're a little weird because the, they, those things, I don't know. I don't think of them as functioning like normal zones, but I'm guessing that most players sort of do think of them as functioning like normal zones because it's not the... the game doesn't really matter so much the little the little mini game thing but who knows ashton says huh favorite type of coffee well gosh that's that's a uh... man whack told us we were going to get all kinds of question repeats and i was like no we aren't stupid and then he was like yes you are see and then whack sent in a bunch of them just so <laughs> 
so as to make a point? <clears throat> Maybe not. Um, cheap gas station black coffee. Ashton says, what are your favorite podcasts? Well, I'm partial to this one. Yeah. Uh, my favorite podcasts are not really podcasts so much as, like, archived radio shows. So, like, uh, the Wits podcast and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, I listen to every week. And I, I'm working my way through Welcome to Night Vale, which is great, but requires more attention paid to it than I usually do when I'm cleaning the kitchen. Yeah, that's... Podcast listening time. That is the problem that I always have with that. Like, I, I don't... There is never a good time to listen to it. I, what, do you, what do you think of it? I think it is so good that it makes me despair a little as a writer. I... Huh. They have... There's a, in the writing, there are, they have just a knack for a turn of phrase. They do. That is kind of effortless and manages to like because the central conceit of it is pretty standard like in Night Vale there is a thing you would find in a town and a thing you would find in a town but also a horrific thing you would only find in a Lovecraftian town is the basic setup but they manage to change it up enough to keep you off balance and make it interesting I don't really so, I, don't know, I think it's, it's super clever and funny I don't really like the delivery of it and I feel that mm. it doesn't necessarily gain anything from being an audio thing in a way that makes me feel like an asshole for even leveling that opinion about it. But like it, so this is the thing that always drives me crazy about video games is when a voice actor in a video game clearly just doesn't understand what the sentence meant that they were saying. Mm. Like I hear in that guy's read of a given script moments where the stresses are wrong and it drives me crazy and it's so nitpicky and I get that that's not a thing that bothers other people and maybe I'm wrong right maybe that guy gets a bunch of coaching and maybe everything that he does is fucking perfect as far as the writer is concerned but it doesn't feel that way to me and it's distracting from the sort of overall quality of the material how much of it have you listened to dozen episodes maybe Okay, because I feel like he starts off with the exact same cadence no matter what he's saying, and over time gets a little more natural. Mm. But I mean, like, the Facebook stuff that they post and the the Twitter stuff that they post does work fine without the audio, but I think only because it's a sentence or two. Yeah, I mean, I I like their production. I like the background music. Yeah, no, use. I mean, so do so do I. It's just I think I would rather consume that. I would rather consume it by reading five minutes a week than listening to something for thirty minutes a week. Mm -hmm. Right? It's one of those things like where you search for how to do something, and the only results are fucking YouTube videos. And uh -huh. you're just like, well, I guess I'll figure this out on my own because fuck spending fifteen minutes on something that would take literally ten seconds to learn by reading a sentence like yeah i don't know it's like part of me wonders if i'm just being a contrarian yeah i like it enough that i gave them some money yeah i mean i think you you enjoyed it but you're also you and you you're not just gonna 
blanket praise it if there are things about it that you don't like. I think that's valid. Yeah, but it's, I guess it's not even things that... It, it, and it's weird, because like, I feel like there is a distinction in my mind between things that I think cause a work to suffer and things that would make me feel like they were flaws if it was my thing. Mm. Right? And this is like, this is close enough to the kind of thing that we would do that I get a stronger sense of that from it than I would from something like, you know, This American Life or whatever. Yeah. It Listening to a bunch of it made me want to do something like it. And I've been trying... With that, I've been kicking around something for a little while and trying to make it something that is not just my attempt at making Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Are you think, thinking about it as a thing a, that I do? Thinking about it as a well, but that's a thing that everybody does, right? I mean, that's uh, like, well, I guess it's a thing that everybody does when they're a kid. <laughs> like, right? Um, this is my movie script, Space Wars. Um, were you thinking of an audio project? Yeah, just like a, it's shaping up to be just five or six minutes of a principal at a high school reading announcements. You know, I for the school. have, based on my love of the Halloween uh, food menu of my junior high, uh, right, had also been tossing around the idea of a of a just a school newsletter mm. kind of thing, but as but in print because I feel like that's where my strengths lie more than in uh, actual delivery of something. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I can't bitch about voice acting when it's a thing that I would just never even be able to begin to do. I mean, I can bitch about anything, really. Yeah, like, I tried to read the script that I had written for this, and it never came off as anything but a guy trying to do an impression of, like... Hugo weaving and failing maybe like this voice that sounded perfect for this guy in my head I just couldn't get out of my head so I have a, a friend of mine read the first script and did a pretty decent job I just have shelved it because the the wintry season is so busy what for us. would that be would it be a thing that would fit in with that uh, that radio gig thing that you've been doing I don't think so I think it's too it, it's going to rely on building like building the universe and calling back to stuff enough that I think it needs to be at least a couple times a month thing mm-hmm. yeah I should write another script for the radio guy too maybe do you have, do you, uh, do you have ideas floating around for them I mean, cer- certainly yeah. you do I, what I mean what I mean by that is what I would mean if I were asking you do you have like a solid actionable idea for one like could you sit down and write one now I think so it's a little strange that the guy who runs this particular show I'm not sure how he feels about me as a person and so it's a little bit awkward like the last the previous to last show I went to and one of my scripts was in there and it the Cinderella one and it did it went over really well so afterwards I saw the guy outside who runs the show and said man that was great show went great it seemed like people really dug it I think for my next one I'm gonna do something with Snow White and he kind of sniffed and said yeah of course you are 
I was like, huh, I don't know what to do with that. But then he explained that the next show was going to be a holiday show, so that wouldn't fit. And I said, okay. And went home and, in a fit of inspiration, wrote a holiday script. So I sent that to him, and his response was, if you don't mind, I would like to use this. Damn, I wish you would quit writing funny stuff. Uh, what? And like that? I, I those have no idea how to process those that. actual words. Yeah, damn! I wish you would quit writing such funny stuff. And I thought, well, maybe he means that he has too many good scripts now, and it's just kind of a lighthearted. Oh no, I have to choose. But that wasn't the case. He was still looking for scripts. It just really seemed like because I'm dedicated to the show and your script is funny, I'm going to use it, but I wish that I didn't. It wasn't yours was kind of how I felt Oh, so it. like you, the emphasis on you. I wish you would stop writing. <laughs> you can start submitting it under like, a variety of pen names. It's like, damn it, now I have to use this script even though it's from this guy. So I responded like, you know, if you don't want me to submit stuff, I totally, that's fine. You don't have to use it. And he said, oh, no, I want to use it. Don't don't feel like you shouldn't submit stuff. It's just, you know. I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? So I don't know. I don't think he likes me. I think he likes my scripts. I don't know what I did to him at whatever point to make him feel upset. Like, is, got, is your wife got, secretly also his wife? Oh, that could be it. He got mad at me when I asked when the the recordings were going to be uploaded so that I could point our people at them so that they could hear them. Like mad or like frustrated in a, I'll fucking do it. Jesus. He's like, how dare you? How dare you, you presumptuous prick? It was more of a like month of silence and then being kind of bitchy in person. But I gather there's this whole society of resentment built up around all the shit that he does because he's a busy guy and doesn't let anybody else do stuff so apparently it's been a sore spot with a lot of people is that it, they haven't yeah is, that it hasn't been is this yet. his job or is this just a thing that he does on the side it's one of like eight things that he does on the side mm. he's also the guy who runs vilification tennis and a couple uh, other things. okay i mean so does he does he have that like renfair guy mode not as much as as others not as much as other modes know. or not as much as other renfair pricks <laughs> not as much as other renfair guys okay so it's a weird thing like, i would love to write another script and i'm kind of hesitant about I, i'm less enthusiastic about presenting it to him hmm. it seems like maybe if i write another script what i should do with it is record it with some people and put it on the internet uh-huh because that way it'll be recorded and on the internet. Right. Yeah, I mean, if he... Because if he drags his feet on... So are, are, the, are the segments that he publishes published individually, or do they do the whole show at once? They do the whole show at once. And right now they've done three of the shows, and one of them is one that I had one in, but not the first one that I had a script in. So they're not even doing them in order. Huh. And it's been, you know, that that first one was in May hmm. of last year. 
So I don't know. I would really. I know that there's good quality audio of the Rumpelstiltskin sketch that I wrote, and of the Santa's elves or uh, Tolkien's elves applying for Santa's elves jobs. So I have these two scripts that I know there's good recording of them, but I can't have it. <laughs> so that's a little annoying. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's time to strike out on your own with it. Perhaps. Because you've got, you know, you've got all the gear. You've got, you've got some guys with voices. And then he could be all, damn, I wish you would stop sending me some such funny scripts. And I would be like, wish granted. If you ever, uh, if you ever wrote something that you wanted voiced by like a nasally dweeby sounding guy, I'd be, I'd be happy to read. Oh, I thought you were going to say you would be happy to get Brian Posehn to do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that's awesome that you're hanging out with Brian Posehn. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to talk to, you'll have to talk to Front a lot about that. Hmm. And anyway, would you describe him as nasally and dweeby? I would, I would, he's sort of slow and low. That is his tempo. Oh, it is, I suppose. Although Stephen Wright also, like, there is a point at which you get really low and it's still, it's just all coming straight out of your nose. So it's a different kind of nasally. You do that kind of, uh, that, that kind of vibrato. It's like vibrato, but more masculine. <laughs> but for men, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a happy accident. Uh, Ashton says, he can, speaking of which, uh, will Jake ever guest star on Horror Show Hot Dog? I'm guessing no. Yeah, that would require you watching three movies in a week that you probably have zero interest in watching and then discuss them. Which you would have zero interest in discussing them, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I, I often feel like I am incapable of engaging with movies on a sufficient a sufficiently sophisticated critical level to be able to actually have anything reasonable to say about them and I don't know how much of that is just you know d- typical lack of confidence but I, I don't know man it's like whenever I whenever I talk to you about a movie I just kind of feel like I'm I don't know speaking some weird little kid language oh, I don't think so I think you'd you ask some pretty sophisticated questions about stuff when you're thinking about it. Hmm. I think the way that you describe, like, the comedy in Freddy Got Fingered or the the premise of a three-word phrase comic, I think you you are giving some pretty deep thought to it. Hmm. Okay. I just think in the case of three-word phrase, I disagree with, <laughs> with what you're bringing to it. Sure. And, I mean, I guess, I guess like, that... The, the, the humor in... In a Freddy Gut Fingered is a thing that I that I feel like I can I can bring some some insight to, but not the filmmaking or the story, right? Because I think of that as just irrelevant to that particular thing, which is why I have such strong feelings about it. Is because like, all right, this is a thing that I can engage with a hundred percent because of the things that put most people off of it, which are things that I don't care about at all, huh. right? Like, oh, this story is totally implausible. Yeah, okay, like th- this is so. Think of it as a sketch comedy collection and then you're fine think of it as the best sketch comedy collection that has ever been made you know what i mean like the story like i guess there are maybe you know character arcs in wet hot american summer maybe i don't yeah yeah i don't know i don't know them i don't care about them one guy gets disappointed by a girl he just ends up well, wandering off sad at the end of the movie, right? Like Showalter, it's not like are, it's not like Showalter meets sure. a different girl at the end and everything works out okay because the girl with glasses is is his girlfriend now, <laughs> right? Because that's how like a movie would go. 
I think they have a a lot of different plot lines in there from a lot of different movies, and then wrap them most of them up in ways that you wouldn't expect. Would you call that a pastiche? It's been a while. Yeah, or like a a parody, a satire, a parrot, a send up. Yeah, a parrot up. A couple skate. A couple skate. Yes. Ashton says. How goes the work on the new Avatar Path? Uh, more or less not at all. Uh, we've done a bunch of brainstorming. Got the basic uh, basic premises of it in place, I think. There's there's uh, there's enough ideas to beat something into shape, but I'm not stressed about it. I probably should be. I probably should be getting a little stressed about it. But that said, like the amount of the amount of writing in it is going to end up being somewhere between Zombie Slayer and Boris, probably. And I need to get that stuff assigned. I don't know which of you and Riff I feel like should do that. Because it's kind of this way. There, there, are, there are definite like areas in which both of your strengths would work. But I think one person should do all of it. Huh. I don't know why I think that exactly. It's like... You know, so there's going to be like all of the replacement text for the council, say, which yeah. is not is not hard, but it but, but it's like it's like cohesive sort of right. Like you need a you need a tone, and then there's going to be all of the like Clancy equivalent writing, of which I think there will be a little more than Clancy. And I kind of feel like the same person should write that as who writes the council stuff. You know, right? So it's like I just I don't know. I don't know whether I think that this stuff is more like, I mean, I guess just kind of the way that I compartmentalize it is like dialogue stuff. I will often send riffs way and story stuff. I will send your way just by, well, just be, by default. And not that, not that either of you are, are weak at the other. It's just like, ah, this is the thing where I think like this would be good if riff wrote it. Like, and so, and this I is kind of a hybrid. You, I don't know. You send dialogue his way because you want it to be punctuated correctly. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's I certainly don't send it to myself if I want that. Really, what I do is I just keep it punchy because I I don't understand how I made it so far without being taught the bullshit way in which multiple paragraph utterances by one person are punctuated. Right. Because when that was pointed out to me, I responded with complete incredulity because what the fuck? is any of that <laughs> it's nonsense is what it is total nonsense a single quote at the beginning of the fucking thing and not at the end fuck you grammar and punctuation seriously so everything is real short you have that in you have that in, internal capitalization issue like you can't you yeah. can't have them start a sentence in the middle of another sentence in quotes without because they they as the speaker look like an idiot if they don't capitalize the first word of their sentence well there's also the you're not supposed to end a quotation with a period when there should be a period there you're supposed to put a comma and then the dialogue tag and that is some bullshit are you crazy comma he said question mark <laughs> are you crazy he said I mean, nobody, nobody, well, no, believe, nobody believes like, that that's right. That was a joke. No, you would do that. Are you crazy? Question, right? but like, put that gun down. He said, "To me, that is a period." Yeah, you're waiting for you're waiting for it's him to yeah, you're comment. waiting for him to tell you where. 
Because it's a difference between, like, put that gun down and put that gun down on and then pick it up. Put that gun down, he said, on the table. Put that gun down, he said. Why was he on the table? And that badge. (laughs) If it's a complete thought, to me it should be a period, and everybody is fond of telling me that I'm wrong about the way that I punctuated. But you know who else was wrong about the way he punctuated and spelled things? Jesus. E. Cummings. (laughs) Okay. Um, and Jesus. Ashton writes. And Hitler. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he just punctuated everything with genocide. It was like mm-hmm. his only mode of articulation. Ashton writes, have you considered letting Scully Jr. do some writing for KOL with Jake illustrating it? It could be the next Axe Cop. Seriously, though, having heard some of Scully's stories about his kid, I'm curious what he'd come up with. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we're not really looking for more stuff for Jick to do these days, especially drawing things. Mm. I don't know that we're looking for content and a thing that we've been working on for ten years and care deeply about to just be, to, with the implication that like, oh, a little kid could do this and it would be any good, yeah. right? Like, how do you? What do you? Hmm. What do you think of Axe Cop? I haven't consumed a whole lot yeah. of it. I'm I neither have I, and I'm not. I'm not eager to. It's cute. Yeah, no, sure. It is. I suppose. Again, I'd like to read it without it being illustrated, because pictures make things take too long to read. <laughs> uh, That's why you can get through War and Peace so quickly. Mm-hmm. But Watchmen? Fuck. Flux Dog says, waffles or pancakes? No, seriously. Which do you consider a better breakfast? I'd really neither. I'll, I do like a waffle. I'll eat a pancake a year. A waffle a decade. I eat a pancake, uh, a couple of pancakes every Saturday, pretty much. Saturday morning pancake breakfast is a thing you, at the night house. You make them? Yep. Make shapes, you know, for the boy. What kind of shapes? Like a dick? Very simple shapes. Different kind. I see the, the guys who are, like, making the things that you can assemble together into a three-dimensional model of an AT-AT, and that's not the kind of shit I'm making. Okay. We're talking uh, snowmen, uh, Lego guys... Maybe a uh, a Mickey Mouse is always an easy one to pull off. Hey, better watch out, man. A fish. Once. Uh, oh no, I pay royalties to Disney every time. I was going to say Mickey once your once the camera hidden inside your nest uh, starts reporting that back to Google and they start reporting it to their parent company, you're going to be fucked. No, when I said I had a nest, I didn't mean I had a crazy robot thermostat. I meant that I had a dwelling made of twigs and. Oh, that, in that you room. sleep in, <laughs> yeah. where you lay your eggs. Speaking mm-hmm. of breakfast, uh, on a related note, do you feel flavored syrups like blueberry are appropriate, or do you or are you maple all the way? I'm pretty maple. Yeah, once my wife introduced me to the like grade A dark amber maple syrup. That is, it's not as viscous as like the Mrs. Butterworths that I was used to, and it's not as sweet. And I'm never going back from that. Because my sophisticated adult palate insists that things that are not as sweet are better, as long as they're not fucking coffee. Okay, but I mean, you also, you disagree with me about peanut butter. Yeah, I think peanut butter needs a little sugar, or it's just kind of gross. On an unrelated, well, maybe a tangent, why haven't we seen apples? Are you saving those for something special, or just don't want to? The absence of apples has become kind of an in-joke, like the absence of coffee was for a while, but it turned out to actually not be... Yeah, and the fact that you never see the sun. 
Yeah, except in the times and when you... And that it's happy, Crembo. Except when the times that you do see this. Yeah. Like, because every once in a while, you know, when you need to describe something that's outdoors. Um, I feel like for a long-ass time, there was not any mention of there being a sun except in the palindrome. Yeah, that's probably true. But then we're like, that... Of course there's a sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... Apple, I don't know. I mean, it'd be weird. Well, it wouldn't be. I, I feel like we're sort of past the point where we're inserting new sort of core fruits into the mix. Mm-hmm. Right, because adding a fruit involves adding a bunch of stuff that there's not necessarily the, a sufficient number of gaps for. And we're also not that thrilled about the concept of an apple teeny. You're You're not. Yeah. That just seems silly. Maya says which breakfast meat is best. Eh. Bacon. Yeah, bacon's all right. Maharito says, The werewolves in Dreadsylvania still scale stat gains to Moxie, which you'd fixed all other high-scaling monsters to main stat a while back. Is that intentional? It is not. Um, I think that those scale in some weird code block because they don't scale linearly and it just wasn't handled in there and I should make it so that it is handled in there. Uh, also, how on Adrian Brody's Green Earth did you get through all those Warbear item descriptions? Did you write those or did I? I think most of them you assigned them to me and I got through them because I am a fucking soldier. Yeah. I don't know, we can chew up some fucking item descriptions. Yeah. There weren't even all that I think, well, there were like 120. That's like they, it's, I never felt like I had an overwhelming backlog of them, so it must have been that they were impl- implemented in small enough chunks that it was like, yeah, whatever. Some of them I, are maybe just assigned, because I think that that was the first time I used my sort of, I made this tool for like, I can just make a kind of a comma-separated list of like the name of a thing and what it is and just bulk insert items now. Like, if I've actually planned out, like, a hundred items. A lot of this is, like, born out of necessity from having kind of shitty internet here. Because the item spindler is just way less responsive, and so it's a lot harder to just do the, like, muscle memory, like, clone save, clone save, clone save, clone save. Um, yeah. The item spindler is unwieldy. Even after being trimmed down by 40% of its size. Still kind of unwieldy. There's a lot of features in this bullshit. Also, why is it Adrian Brody's Green Earth? Who's Adrian Brody? Is he the guy that was in Predators? Yep. And the the pianist. I haven't seen that. And and those grooming commercials with him and like some other dudes. Grooming commercials, huh? For commercials for some kind of razor. It's like Adrian Brody and I want to say Zach Galifianakis, but probably not. <laughs> and okay. And Usher or somebody? I don't know. People who people who are into pop culture would understand. Yeah, like, I, wasn't yeah. Usher popular when we were in, like, high school? He still is, though. He's still, still ushing. Hmm. I thought, I would have thought that house would fall. Ashton says, have you guys ever considered doing any audiobooks slash radio plays for KOL? I think those would be quite a bit of fun. 
Yeah, not quite. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. The the thing about KOL is that it only really works in the format of KOL. I mean, the comic book managed it by like, jettisoning a lot of the KOL. So, not. I, I mean, I wonder. I wonder if it reads that way to other people or just to you. Hmm. I mean. <sighs> There's some of it that maybe works better in writing than when it's read aloud, but I mean, we also are the kind of people that write, you know, things that are funny when they're spoken. Yeah, and damn, I wish I would stop. Yeah, I wish you would too. It has never occurred to me, which means that it's probably not a thing that would really speak to me as a thing Mm -hmm. to work on. Uh, Apple Hat says, more items of the month that increase quality of life in Aftercore, please. Sure. Whatever you say, buddy. We'll work on that. Oh, a, uh, it was Adrian Brody and Andre 3000 and Gael Garcia Bernal. Hmm. Okay, so you can't tell I, guys with beards yeah. apart? I guess none of them really has a beard. Except they, like, Andre 3000 and Adrian Brody had these kind of douche-scaped beards that you can only get when you're using this particular kind of razor. So there we go. Douche-scape? Yeah. That's great. I try. Uh, Man, a lot of breakfast questions. More than we have time for, buddy. Uh, Nicodemus says, Hey guys, Roy, the pretentious artist, speaking of taking four hours to make breakfast, seems like one of the nicest people you could meet. Is this true? Tell him we miss him and it is advice. Yeah, he is basically the nicest yep. guy in the world. Uh, Scully says, Ashton, any word on the trade paperback version of the KOL comic? Once the comics are done, that's a, a sure thing. Where is that at this point? Is there So their issue four came out in PDF. Yeah, and it, it's available in print. People have been buying it off. Oh, right, the, the, print, the print on demand thing, yeah. yeah. What Which is the fifth one in Doug's court? Yes, he... He is going to try to have five and six done in time for us to take them to con. And currently is... Wait, like he's shooting for getting two of them done before September? Yes. We started five in November, I think. So like getting two of them done in a year is not unheard of. Well, right. right. I mean, I guess I was I was surprised in the opposite direction. I just, I guess I just don't know how something like that gets done, you know? Yeah, if it's not your full-time job and you're doing all of the things that a comic company would hire three or sometimes four different people to do, then you're going to get it done in three or four months or longer. Yeah, I guess it's just hard for me to imagine dividing it up into enough chunks for it to take that long. But I don't know to what extent, like you got to kind of spin up each time. Well, it can also be like... You can pencil a single page a day, but you can only work on it on the weekends. And one of the days this weekend, you also have to help your grandmother move. Sure. So for that entire week, you get a single page penciled. Because, you know, each page is... Anywhere between nine or twelve different little drawings of various levels of complexity. Yeah. Takes him a while. But uh, he is penciling five right now. 
and we're going to try and get them both finished by the con, and then want to I want to write like a little ten page mini comic to go in the trade paperback, and perhaps just to solicit some just to force people who uh, exactly. already bought them all to have to buy this too. Well, I figure to make it so that people who have already bought them all would feel okay buying it. Because I feel like if you bought all the little ones, you're going to want the trade. Yeah, I'm, I was kidding. I was kidding. Yeah, it, but it's a legitimate question, but it also just like making it worth their while to have it. And I'm thinking of maybe soliciting some of our calendar artists to do some tribute art that we would throw in there too. But that will end up uh, kickstarting probably the same way that we did it for the comic to to see to basically use it as a pre-order. So that's the deal. Well, good. Quine writes, challenge path idea, path of word realms. All attacks are performed as if the player has Tales of the Word Realms equipped. You guys have all the heavy lifting already done, but it'd be hugely different from the player's perspective. Plus, a fun form of advertising for word realms. That would be super difficult because of all of the stuff that you have to do in combat over the course of an ascension. And maybe there's less of that than there used to be, but there's still a lot of it. Like, there'd be no way to get pirate insults, for instance. And there would be no mm. way to... Not that you have to do the junkyard stuff with the gremlins, but there would be no way to do that. Like, it's... That would be tricky. But it is a cool idea. I wonder I wonder to what extent people actually play with that thing. Should have kept some, some stats. Kept some track. Uh, Linguini Lad says, Does the magical battery drop only under special conditions, or is it just a really low item drop rate? If the former is true, what special conditions is it? I think it's just a really low drop rate but i don't remember that's weird it's weird that people are suddenly thinking about that again because of the bounty i'm curious to what extent doing that has driven mall sales of those content unlocking items i suppose i could ask jamelli we know a guy who uh, has access to that marketplace data you know magical muffin top says can i have a cheese danish This, that was clearly a question for you, Mr. Scullhead. Uh Yeah, go ahead. I gotta publish this before uh, Magical Muffetop starves to death. Blue Scream says, Is there any chance blue text could be added to robot reindeer protocols to tell you what they do? I'm doing a 100% run and I keep forgetting which disc corresponds to which familiar. Yeah, that's not such a bad idea. That would require me to learn that. Come on, buddy. The, the stuff that it does is in the item description. Huh. I'm pretty sure that all of the little acronym names tell you everything you need to know about it. We have so many more questions than we have time to answer them. It's great. This is like back in the day when Radio Bugbear was thriving. Um, <laughs> that said, I could probably be done doing a radio show. How do you feel? Oh, sure. If you feel like we've answered all the the uh, breakfast questions, we need, we to, need to save some for next time because we'll continue to eat breakfast. Oh, that's true. It'll be fun. We'll Until every once in a while we'll be like, "Hey, remember that breakfast show?" Oh yeah, and it will feel like that we were in a club, and that each of us is a jock, a princess, a nerd, and a um, uh, gambler, and a picker, and a grinner, and my and ex. a lover, and a gangster of love 
Cool. All right. So thanks for tuning in, you guys. We'll catch you next week. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jack, and I'm already gone. <laughs>